Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? How are you doing? You know, just out here, bro, watching these uh, car reveals. I feel like so far they're a bit underwhelming, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Aston Martin's reveal felt like... I don't know. Aston Martin's reveal didn't feel like a car reveal because he was talking about five-year plan, five-year plan, blah, blah, blah. Like, shut up, Lawrence Stroll. No one cares about your five-year plan. Unveil your car in a nice way that is actually attractive. I don't give a damn about your five-year plan. <laughs> Bro, you be talking so much, man. And like we said, we've, we've obviously talked about it on uh, previous pods, but they got to start winning, man. This five-year plan is getting, it's going to be five years past five years. No, but he's saying it's starting five years, like, the first year was last year. It's like, so you're not counting be your five racing years point away years? from being five years away. <laughs> yeah, but why isn't he not counting his racing point days? It's not like he uh, wasn't a majority owner. I feel like because he's built a new facility, he thinks that he can start from zero. <laughs> yeah, but he's not even count. He's this is not year one. This is year two. That's what he's saying. So, oh, I know. You listen. He's not. I don't know who he's tricking. But just because they have a new facility doesn't mean the five year plan starts now. Yeah, he's I been mean, saying five year plan from time. Yeah, he also spent a lot of money in 2020 when they copied the Mercedes car. So it's like, what are we talking about here? But yeah, yeah what I mean, are we doing? How, what, did you actually watch the whole unveil? I didn't watch the whole unveil. I obviously watched the entire Red Bull unveil. The It was just really bad. Like there's this lady that comes up. She's kind of awkward behind the mic. <laughs> and then they go to Lawrence Stroll and he has a serious face on and talking about his five-year plan. It's like, bro, you're supposed to build up the car reveal. Like, Red Bull's reveal was cool. I liked Red Bull's reveal. Like, they did a pretty good job unveiling it. I will say that Red Bull's car is ugly as usual. It's a stupid bull. It's got a little orange or yellow on it, whatever tint of color that is with the bull. And it's just a dark color with, like, some red red lines. Like, I don't know, bro. I feel like Red Bull is so underwhelming when it comes to their actual liveries. I got to say, because when you asked me yesterday, I thought, like, Initially, I'm like, oh, I like it, but I think I just like the shape of the new cars now. Yeah, I mean, the cars are cars are cool looking. Like, I don't think they're ugly. It's just the actual livery is disgusting. Like, put some effort into your livery. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like Williams is the only one that really gets the livery really correct. And how do you feel the about teams. the fact that Aston Martin is the only one thus far to reveal their real car, whereas Red Bull and Haas have just revealed like prototypes? Or I don't think renderings. anybody's revealed their full car. They said Aston Martin has. The I mean, first. is it going to look different in the first race? It's going to look different. There are going to be adjustments to it, right? Like, no, Red Bull's car is 80% of what it will look like, right? They're going to have new adjustments. But, I mean, I don't think anybody's necessarily hiding anything major, if that makes sense. But, what, do you think Red Bull's hiding something major? I don't think so, man. Um, but it is interesting to see the drivers and the teams talk about the fact that the car is so different. It is almost... I know it's never really fair, but I think at the start of the season, there's going to be some room for just some crazy results that we wouldn't usually expect. Yeah, I mean, that's what the world wants us to hope. I don't think so. I'm not buying it. I mean, Lewis and Max are, are incredible drivers, and obviously we know who comes after that, but you never know. Like, it, there could be race one or two, just some, you know, you got to get used to the car sliding. You got to get used to the way that they're braking. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, sure, you're going to get used to that. But ultimately, I still think those teams have more money and they've been spending the money over the last two years developing the car. Like, I Yeah, but it comes down to the driver, right? And obviously, they have the best drivers. But you got to think about it. Imagine you only get 
two essentially weekends to kind of get used to the car before the season no, starts. Oh, that's cap, bro. You get you get some like wind tunnels and all that stuff and simulator. Like, yeah, it's not I hate the same how people as say it's two weekends, but yeah, but I mean, you still get a lot of time to spend tr- on simulating the car, right? Like these simulators are still realistic, other than the G's and stuff like that, right? So it's not like you just magic step in the car for two weeks. I don't think it's as like drastic as people say it is. Obviously, it's not the same as driving the actual car, but we can't just what sit you- here and say they only spent two weekends in the car because like you're part of its development. You're doing all those things. What do you think about uh, Max's comments about like just um, angles and being able to see um, the fact that your your vision is, I guess, um, not hindered, but with the bigger wheels, it's a little different because they're kind of blocking your vision. I don't really have much thoughts on it. I thought it was cool. That's an It's a new little... Intricacy, probably that's part of driving just because you can't really see that from that side of the car. But I didn't really think too much about it, to be honest with you. What did you think? Well, it's things like that that I, until you hear from a driver, you never really expect to be like, oh, you know, the bigger wheels actually impact more than just the drivability. It's you got to get used to now looking out and looking over. They're just bigger, they're bigger. No, I know, and that that that's literally that only thing that came to my head. I didn't have any actual thoughts on it, so so that's, just... that's why I'm saying like the cars are significantly different, and that in itself will will present its own sort of challenges. Maybe not to the best drivers, but maybe we'll see it down the grid with the Mazepins of the world. Yeah, but I'm not looking into it that far. I think you are, but I'm just like the best drivers will be the best drivers, and I'm leaving it at that. Like everybody's got to go through the same adjustment period. It's not like one team is going through an adjustment period or half of the grid. Like everybody's going through the same adjustment period. So I'm still leaving it at who, who are the best drivers and who do I think will have the best cars? That, yeah. That like, and, and yeah, sure. Something crazy may happen the first one or two races, but you know, that's in any season, any single professional sport. The first two days there's, it's a new season. There's going to be things that happen, but I ultimately think the best teams will be the best teams and the best drivers will continue to be the best drivers until otherwise until something's proven to me because then the day we talk about salary cap yeah you can spend 145 million but how much more are you spending over that right like alpha Romero is spending 145 million of their salary cap plus whatever it does not count towards the salary cap you know what i mean well a team like alpha tori spent 140 million dollars in total last year right that's without the when you can exp- uh, expend over with your not drivers included and all that stuff right so that's the way i look at it and the only other reveal we have this week is McLaren, right? Yeah, we have my team, Team Papaya. But I mean, the reveals have been like whatever. I don't, I don't really care to watch them too much anymore. I just want to see what the car looks like. Yeah, they've exactly. been really lackluster. So Red Bulls yeah, was like, cool, but like, why do they say it's going to be like no other? Yeah, <laughs> like, Red Bulls was interesting, bro. Because I like the idea they almost made it like a like a little film with Sergio and, and Max, but it wasn't. They definitely overhyped it. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Aston Martins. I I urge you to go back and watch it. It just it was just terrible. Listen, what did Haas do, bro? Haas just released two pictures of a rendering, fam. Yeah, I mean, Haas doesn't have a budget to make videos and make all these big hypes, and nobody cares about Haas. So, I I prefer what Haas did rather than waste thirty minutes of my time where I just see Lawrence Stroll saying, "We will be competing for a Formula One championship in five years." You know, we have to develop this and Aston Martin's a historic brand and blah, blah, blah. 
I would prefer if you just released images and we called it a day. I got to go back and watch this. You do. It's it. just like, it's so like overhyped and dramatized. And it's like, bro, you're here for a car reveal. Make it fun. Yeah, he's right? got to chill. What did you think of their car? I am indifferent on it so far. I don't know if I like it or I hate it. Um, I think there's just way too much shiny green going on. Yeah, but, you're not a fan of the green, eh? I don't honestly like. I wish they went with like the forest green that like I think of when I think of Aston Martin, not like this shiny. Yeah, I don't know how that'll look on an green. F1 car though. Yeah, it looks good on your Aston Martin car, but like imagine all those curves on on an F1 car. What do you think of the um the what are they called uh, on the sides? Those the like. Not not the yellow, but um, the black markers going down the sides. I don't really care. I just I, I like. I, I thought the car was meh. I I don't think the car was ugly. I thought they're gonna put out an uglier car, so I was okay with the car. I think it's like out of ten, I probably graded a a five. It was average. Yeah, five being average. Like just so everybody knows, when I grade out of ten, I grade based off the numerical school scale. So seven or eight is considered good. Ten is perfect. So I consider five them is average. average. Yeah. I'm not in this business where five is considered bad and seven is considered good slash average and ten is like good. No, that's not the business I'm in. But they're okay. And they bro. obviously, yeah, and it, uh, you know they've got the Aramco sponsor now. We saw with Red Bull, they got the big Oracle sponsor now. Like the reveals more of like what the car looks like and who the new sponsors are. Yeah, what did you think of Red Bull's car though? I want to jump into Red Bull for a bit, but what did you think of their car? Same shit. Honestly. Honestly, bro, I like it, to be honest. I think they went with a darker color. It almost looks like it's not blue anymore. It's like black. It's the exact same shit it's always been, just with a darker color. I think it just suits the car really well, man. Bro, you're weird, bro. You say Red Bull has, has done shit all with their livery, and they make the color a little darker, and now it's a good livery. I mean, you're telling me you think the car looks that ugly? It's ugly. Like, think about it. It's just literally black with a bull slapped on it and some red lines. You could design that. Wow. Here comes a creative. You're um, definitely not a creative. <laughs> honestly, I think maybe it's just the car itself. I think it looks better than last year's car. Yeah, the car itself looks better. I mean, but even with Haas, like, like, people were going on like Haas didn't change car. The, the Haas car looks better this year. That's because of the car. But the liveries are still underrated. Like, the liveries still underwhelming, bro. Like, it's literally just black or really, really dark blue with a Red Bull on it and some orange and some lines. It's terrible. Like, you guys I are a premier it. franchise. Like, I don't know. You like, you got to explain to me what do you actually like about it? Like, what's been so nice about it? And if you want to like tell I, me they changed their color, then literally the only thing it took for you to say the livery was nice is to change its color. No, like, uh, when I look at the color scheme, obviously it's the same as last year. Um, I think it just, what I'm, what I'm looking at is the fact that the car maybe just looks better. Maybe yeah, that's what but, it is. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about delivery. Yeah, but you know, Red Bull's not going to change their colors. Like these are the colors they've been rolling hey, with for so no long. No one's saying they so. should change their colors. I'm saying they should put some goddamn effort into delivery rather than a couple stripes and a couple bulls. Like, yeah, it just looks terrible in my opinion. Like Williams by far has the best delivery. I don't know, bro. But Williams is coming with a new color, they say. So I'm excited for we'll, that. We'll see about about Williams. I'm very much looking forward to obviously Mercedes because they're going back to the silver arrows. Um, yeah, which you're not happy about, are you? 
I mean, it's not that I'm not happy. I think it's going to look great. It is iconic. It's I Bro, did. You were going I think off about the black. The, the, black, the black looks nice great, but at some point in time, you have to go back to the iconic silver arrow. So I just Bro. hope that it looks great. Bro, you weren't having that same energy when you're like, I like the black. We stick with the black. Now this guy's saying you got to go back to the silver arrows. Well, because they are going back to silver arrows, so I got to <laughs> accept it. That doesn't mean you have to like it. Yeah, but I'm just optimistic that it's going to look really good. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. How do you feel about Red Bull pulling in a $500 million deal with Oracle? That's crazy. Bro, it's Oracle kind of, got the bag, bro. You mean Red Bull? I mean, they got Oracle got the bag to spend it like that. Well, Oracle has a bag and they gave the bag away. They don't got the bag anymore because they yeah. gave away the bag. I mean, the thing is, these partners, right? You look at what Oracle's doing with Red Bull now. You look at what Petronas does with Mercedes. You look at Shell and Ferrari. It's like they're more than just dollars because they become parts of the team. Yeah, I don't know about Oracle's partnership, though. It's more of a like a infrastructure and uh, information rather than actual on-track performance. So it should be interesting because you got to think of like Petronas and uh, Aramco for SMR. Those make more sense. And so does Shell, right? Those feel like they actually really help on-court performance or sorry, on-track. But you could argue that having better infrastructure helps on the track. But I mean, it doesn't seem directly correlated to the track, if that makes sense. Um. They spoke briefly about the partnership. I think um, there will be added incentives and features for both fans. But I think on track performance from a data standpoint, that's where they're going to be able to really complement Red Bull and provide them with more data. And you heard Christian talk about the fact that like data is everything in this sport. I know that, but I'm saying, why couldn't you get a on performance title partner and still have it? Like Mercedes has Dell. They still have a performance. I no, sorry, yeah. that's McLaren. Like they still have an information performance partner, while they have an on-track partner like Petronas. So it's like I don't know. I hope this is the right step step in the direction for Red Bull. Not sure if it is, but that's just my opinion on it. It's like all these other tracks. Um, sorry, all these other teams are picking up uh, on partner. Um, sorry, on the track partners like Fuel and different things like that. Like um biodegradables and stuff like that, which make a lot of sense in my opinion. I just don't know if information was the right way because they spoke a lot about data and they spoke a lot about fan interaction and fan engagement, which cool, but fans come with winning. So why are we putting so much emphasis into what helps our fans? Do you know what I mean? Unless, um, and I wouldn't be surprised, like Oracle starts to have an entire motorsport division that is for Red Bull. Why? I mean, they start, yeah, exactly. But they start to work on R&D and all the rest of it. Similar to Petronas, man. No, but Petronas is in fuel and oils and stuff. So it makes, it naturally makes sense. They're an information technological based company. Yeah. But from an IT, Oracle's a software company. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I said. They're working on software. If you're telling me that they're going to start getting into oils, bro... What? They're not going to get into oils. I'm talking about the fact that they will become they Oracle will naturally now have a motorsport department because of Red Bull. Yeah, but and it's just it, when be I say motorsport, it's not for oil and stuff. It's just for IT. Yeah, it's going to be for IT. But that's with any partner, like rather McLaren with Dell and WebEx and Cisco. They have their yeah. their own IT division too. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand the move with it. I I think that partnering with a direct company that helps you build your um, your F1 car, but maybe maybe Red Bull's ahead of the curve because you got to think of this too, right? 
we won't have food, uh, we won't have non-biodegradable fuels in the next five years. So maybe they're looking ahead to the future where they're like, we get ahead of it and look more of uh, information-based stuff. So I'm not sure, but it kind of left me uh, troubled because I, I like. I'm not too like worried I said, about it. I like the Aramco, uh, the Aramco move from Aston Martin. Mm-hmm. Like I made fun of them copying Mercedes, but I like the move because you're working with an actual partner that helps you get better on the track. If that makes sense. It's just crazy to think like a hundred million dollars a year, how much that helps costs. Like it's incredible. Well, I mean, it I covers mean, a lot of your salary cap. A hundred million dollars a year is almost the equivalent of the one forty-five cost cap. <laughs> like it's just nuts. Yeah, but that's all you can spend plus your thing. So it's not like. Think about back then, if you got $100 million when there was no salary cap, that'd be crazy. You could just spend more. Yeah. So anyways, let's move on to the next one. Let's talk about how most young drivers are three of the most talented young drivers are locked in long term. Or we expect Max to be locked in probably beyond 2024 within the next couple of weeks. Obviously, Lando just locked into 2025 and Charles has been locked in till the end of the 2024 season. Mm-hmm. I think that says a lot about where F1's going and having stability going into until the new era. What do you think? I think that um, F1 is a sport that we rarely see long-term contracts to begin with. So, you know, having stability around young, talented drivers makes them make sense because there's so much turnover. Um, when I look at Mercedes, my favorite team, there's no, we don't know what's going to happen after the 2023 season. So I like the move for McLaren and obviously Ferrari doubled down on Charles early. Max is going to be with Red Bull for a while. So those three teams um, are already just prioritizing long-term stability over everything else. Yeah. I also think that too, like when you look at it is that um, Mercedes and I guess they're the only top team that's not locked in long-term to at least one driver. So you look at the flexibility part of it is, are these other teams hindering themselves, right? Because realistically, do I expect Max, Charles, and Lando to be bad? No, I think they're great moves. But, you know, Mercedes can move on a dime next year because obviously, well, within two years, because George and Lewis are going to come up. I also look at the fact that Mick is the only other quote-unquote talented young driver or... Who's on a one-year contract. Group. Yeah, Mick is, uh, he's also able to move soon. Uh, so is Pierre Gasly and um, only George Russell. So it kind of limits the options of the elite young talent. Unless, I know we talked about this just before we hopped on the pod. Like, do you think Alex Albon should be a part of that discussion? And guys like Nicholas Satifi, which I don't. Yeah, when we say like the uber talented no they don't um there's 10 drivers on the grid that don't have contracts past the end of the season yeah that's a lot it is a ton and it just shows but, but, you like but who, there's but gonna who's be turnover involved in that it's carlos Sainz. he's definitely gonna have a seat right it's guan yu Zhou. jury's out on him it's probably alex albon i'm assuming yeah latifi yeah mick schumacher mazapin so a lot of them are young guys but all the good young guys have been locked up pretty much long term yeah but, and like, then there's other- that next level of tier, which is the 2023 guys. But I mean, Checo's only on the books till the end of 22, man. Yeah, but Checo's not a young talent, right? Like Checo's that of type course. of. I feel like Checo will only be signing two year deals for the rest of his his F1 career. Like, mm-hmm. do you, do you see a team locking in Checo for longer than two years? No, I mean it's just that's the nature of F1. Like, 
you got to, the only way you're getting a long-term deal is if you are one of those extremely talented and you're young. Or if you're Lewis Hamilton. If Lewis Hamilton wanted a long-term deal, I'm sure he'd get a long-term deal. Like a third, yeah, but even deal. with Lewis, like now that this part of his career, like you're only going to see those one or two year deals at a time. Well, no, if Lewis went to Team Ferrari and said he wanted to sign a three year deal, they'd give it to him. Exactly. Lewis only takes these short deals because he wants the short deals. Yeah, because he wants these. But I'm saying if Lewis yeah. wanted a long term deal, he'd get a long term deal. I don't care what anybody says. Lewis controls yeah. the future at F1. How do you mm-hmm. feel about um, Seb? Seb's year is up too. Yeah, we talked about it. Where does Seb go next? How important this year is for his career? Is he the type of guy that wants to sail off into the sunset now and be done with F1? Or does he still have something to prove? And if he does still have something to prove, it's going to come down to this year because um, if he doesn't perform well and he wants to stay in F1, will he have a seat next year? Um, and how long can you ride on your previous coattails of I won four championships with Red Bull? You know, teams might want to prioritize an Oscar or a Nick DeVries. Bro, this guy says Oscar Nick DeVries like Mick Schumacher is not out here. Yeah, but Mick already has a seat. I'm talking about the fact that Mick's not going anywhere. Mick's going to be an F1. This is a big year for Seb because this is going to be a big year for Seb because if he doesn't perform well, it's not like I don't think it's a lock like, oh, someone will give him a seat next year. I can see a Pierre Gasly and Lance Stroll uniting next year. I think Pierre's on his way out of Red Bull. Well, he's on contract. He's, he's there till the end of 23, right? Yeah. But, you know, things change. You can buy Ocon's with Alpine until the end of 24. That's pretty long too, man. Well, Ocon signed before, right? He signed uh, last year for a long-term deal. So they locked in him as their young guy. How do you feel about Mick? Like, do you think Mick needs to be locked up long-term next year? Or he's still kind of a one- to two-year guy? Or I think the only reason Mick is on a one-year deal is because that's probably what Ferrari told Haas. Like maybe the move is at the end of this year, he leaves Haas. And did you see Toto's comments on Mick? No, I didn't. What did he say? He was basically like, Mick is really talented. He's young. He has potential to be a great driver, but let's not get ahead of ourselves and start putting so much pressure on him. And like everybody keeps talking about going to Ferrari, but it's like, why can't he be the next Mercedes driver? But then again, me just saying that puts a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, and that and to Toto's point, like, yeah, he does have all of the, all of that upside, but upside means nothing until you actually prove it. I don't know. We'll see. I think you'd be I high think- on Mick uh, right from the beginning. Obviously, I really like him, but at some point in time, uh, you need to make a move to a better team, and you have to prove it. And that may never happen. Like, it's just a reality of F one, man. No, it'll happen. His name is Mick Schumacher. He'll get one. He'll get a shot on a better team. Yeah, but when he does get that shot, he has to deliver because otherwise... Yeah, that's you know, two like, different to things. Point. But my point is he will get a shot. Mm. Mick Schumacher will get a shot on a good team. I, I'm, I'm just putting that out there right I now. I think we're going to see, just looking at the, the way all these contracts are ending in 22, I think we're going to have um, a pretty different driver lineup in 2023. I can see um, a Latifi being gone. I can see Mazepin being gone. I actually don't see Latifi being gone. No, eh? I think Williams is high on him. I don't know, I think man. Williams it's not like he's, as... um, like, it's not like Nicholas Latifi is 20 years old. You know, he's still young, 26, but he's, no? exactly. Like 25, so, 26. you know, his time is, he's 20, he's going to be 27 this year. Yeah, but what are you going to do? You're just going to take a young guy? Well, at some point in time, 
you know, we haven't really talked too much about Williams, but what does the future look like for Williams? You get this investment. It's not really the Williams family anymore. Um, where do they go? Well, you lost the best possible young talent you po- you could ever have in George Russell, mm-hmm. right? Like, Alpine's not giving up Oscar Piastri. You know that, right? Yeah, and I mean, Albon and Latifi, are, do we really think either of them are going to be great? Like, we have to stop looking at Williams as, okay, there's going to be Bond forever. Like, what is the plan and what is the play here? Yeah, but you always act like you have to be at the top. You like, don't, the, but... Those guys well, I, might just I, I, be a middling team for the next three, four years. They, they may have a, a seven-year plan to get back up, a five-year plan, right? So I think Latifi's a great teammate. I think he brings a lot of experience and he's still young enough to grow within it. I mean, who else do you want? Nick DeVries? Like, you keep, we keep talking about Nick DeVries, but let's be real. Nick DeVries has never raced a single year in F1. Yeah, of course. He's never raced with those conditions. So it's like, we say he's talented. Yeah, I'm sure Nick DeVries is talented, but Nick DeVries could be a bust. Nicholas Ativi has at least proven he's a capable F1 driver. He's made it out of Q2 a couple times last year. He, obviously, he's not as good as George Russell, but... He proved he's a capable driver. So he's only like, been driving in F1 since 2020. So it's not like he's been around for exactly. that long Exactly. So my whole point is like, is like, I know you keep talking about Nick DeVries, but do you understand what I'm saying? How, why, why are we betting against Nicholas TV? And Nick DeVries is 27 years old. It's not like Nick DeVries is that young. Yeah. I think uh, irrespective of the drivers, we do need to talk about at some point about Williams and like, what does their future look like? You well, know, but, but what does the they, future look like? You know, are they going to be... Um, over the next five years, are they going to gradually get better or are they going to be relegated to the bottom with no... Okay, so let's talk know. about Williams right now. What young driver do you want them to pick up? No, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm talking irrespective of drivers. If the future is built around Latifi and Albon, irrespective of how great those two drivers can be, will Williams as a constructor get better? But that, well, let's talk about it, okay? So no, let's talk about their plan. So what young driver would you like them to pick up? No, like, what, I'm, what young I'm, I'm happy with the two drivers they have. Okay, so if you're happy with the two drivers they have, what's your next phase of their development? So um, they're not a development team like AlphaTauri. They are a historic they F1. Been re- they're a historic F1 team that has won championships. And that's history. And they're not an, they're not an F1 just to be 8th, ninth, and 10th. Their goal is to. I improve. mean, as of right now, they are yes. Yeah. So um, they for, have been for I the think, last what four years, eighth, yeah, nine, or tenth. Uh, so when you look at their trajectory now, are we going to be like? What does success look like for them? Is success mean getting more points, or does success mean them actually leveling up an entire place each season? Yeah, I I hate the. Th- we, we have this debate all the time. I hate looking at where, where you finish in the rankings because McLaren proved they had a better year this year when they went back in the rankings, right? Yeah, yeah I so don't buy that more bullshit. points, right? So I don't buy that shit on where they are. I mean, you got to look at raw pace and look at where they're fitting and where they're moving along compared to other cars, right? If, you, if you're asking me, I think Williams continues to be this middling team until they develop their car nicely and then they buy some drivers. That's what their plan looks like. Because it's not like Williams is some shit organization like Haas that needs to gamble young drivers. When Williams puts out a great car, they'll be able to track good talent because some people will be like, well, I have no problem racing for Williams. I want to race for Williams as a kid. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not like Williams was shit uh, 20 years ago. Williams was a good team 10 years ago. 
right? They were still a competitive team 10 years ago. So that's my thoughts on Williams. I don't know. You tell yeah, me how you feel about I mean, they've got, they've got nine constructors championships. They're, they're not a team that is, um, you know, has won one or two. Yeah, right? they have so, legacy, right? So it's like, I expect them to continue to gradually build with these mildly experienced drivers that have some potential. Like, that's why it's like, I don't mind the Alex Albon and Latifi pairing. I obviously don't, I don't, I'm not high on Alex Albon, but you know, Who he do you does have potential. Right now, Latifi or Albon? Latifi. Albon hasn't raced an F1 for a year. Yeah. Latifi's been racing for two consecutive years. And, and you know what's unfortunate about that is just like circumstance, right? Like, so Albon no, Al- has 197 points and Albon two podiums. No, exactly. I'm not buying and Latifi that. Latifi has. If you put Latifi in points. a Red Bull, if you put Latifi in a Red Bull, I'm sure he would have got a podium or two. Exactly, but that's I'm not buying I, that. I said it's unfortunate due to circumstances. What I said is that some drivers will never get the opportunity to be in a, a legitimate car. So my whole thing about the whole Alex Albon thing is, I don't know. I I just never I just never buy him as a good driver, but I do think that him and Latifi will have a good chance of racing back and forth. And I feel like you know as they grow that car and that Williams car grows. They'll have to buy a young driver. Like maybe it's a Mick Schumacher in two years. Maybe it's someone that um, when the car gets up to like fourth place and they're like, okay, Williams is making strides. Maybe, you know how Danny Ricardo went to Renault when they felt like they were making leeway that time. So I feel like that's what Williams is going to do. We'll see if they actually get there. Will Latifi um, outperform Albon this season? I'm not sure. How much do you put into stock of him racing against George Russell? Well, I think Alex that Albon was a test driver. You got to think like George Russell obviously is he's not there for a reason because he's in a, his own league and that's why he moved on to Mercedes but he destroyed Nicholas Latifi, right? So now yeah. it's like what and it got do, closer as the year got clo- uh, It, it, it did get closer. Um and how much was that how much is that because George was kind of checked out? We don't know. But will Latifi dominate Albon or um, and I mean, it's just speculation. It's I think it's going to be interesting to see who outperforms the other in that Williams team. Yeah, I, I, the way I look at it is one person has been racing F1 for two years against arguably, what do you want to put him, the, the second youngest talented driver or the third? Put him behind Lando or ahead of Lando? Wherever you fit him, well, right? I think what you have to look at is this here. They both have the almost the exact same amount of entries. Latifi has 39 entries and Albon has 38 entries. Yeah, but I'm not looking at that. He hasn't been in F1 for a year. He hasn't raced a race in a year. Like, yeah, but they have almost the same amount it. of experience. But is there something to be said about getting back into F1? With a brand new car, I think it's an even playing field for both drivers. I don't think it's an even playing field at all. Nicholas TV has been developing this car. Nicholas TV has been racing for the last two years. Alex Albon took a year off. It's a different gra- you think it's di- you think you can just snap back into it uh, taking a year off and you think you're just completely back to normal. I think they're both at a point where they <sighs> That's not the question I'm asking you. You think that just no. jumping out a year, you can just jump no. into an F1 car if you haven't been doing the grind for a year. No, Nicholas obviously has been in it for 2 it, years that consecutively. Will help him. That will That's help my whole him. point. Who's been developing the Williams car since day one, since 2019, since they announced, announced the new regulations? In 2020. Yeah, 2020. It's been Nicholas. It's been Nicholas, right? So it's like, if Nicholas isn't better, then Nicholas doesn't deserve a seat. Got it. Nicholas has to be better. Like, there's no way he can't be better. Like, if you're not better than Alex Albon, then Alex Albon is clearly a cl- in a racing class of its own, and you've been outclassed by all your teammates, and now you enter the Lance Stroll territory 
what the that's hell are you doing be in going to be the interesting thing to watch this season is with all of the lower teams that maybe are struggling to be in that midfield or mid-pack, whatever we want to call them, is how they're performing against their teammates. Like, you know, there will be a legitimate battle, I think, between uh, Latifi and Albon. I don't think there'll be a battle between Mick and Nikita, but at some point, it'll also be interesting to see how well Veltri and Jodu. I mean, obviously, it should be a given that Valtteri's going to outperform him. But if Valtteri does not destroy Joe up and down that paddock, oh, bro, unfollow me on social media. <laughs> and, how, and also, how will um, Daddy's Money do next to Vettel this year? I mean, these are all the things that I'm excited to watch because we all know, like, there's never going to be absolute fairness in F1. There's going to be someone who finishes first and someone that finishes 20th. So watching these battles um, will be pretty interesting. Who's going to be your biggest surprise against their teammate next year? Um, I th- I've, I've said it from the jump like here and there, but I think it's going to be Joe against Bottas. You think Joe's actually going to be Bottas? I, 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 biggest surprise. I don't think he's going to beat him like through the whole year, but enough that it's going to raise questions. Okay. I mean, I don't hate the take. I think it's, I think it's asinine, but I don't, I don't hate the take. <laughs> I, I can't see it. Valtteri has performed. I know we give Valtteri a hard time, but his race pace is definitely will, will, I think like naturally he's going to do better bro. in quality every single weekend th- because th- of who he is. But in the race, I think you. I think you disrespect Valtteri. I think you're disrespecting Valtteri Bottas. The same way I'm saying about uh, like all these young guys, like Nick DeVries. Joe has never managed F1 tires, and you hear about every young driver talking about that. Charles Leclerc, George Russell, Max Verstappen, uh, whoever, name whoever, Lando Norris. They all talk about how different it is managing your tires in F1. And Joe is no different than those guys. He's not going to be any smarter when it comes to managing his tires than those guys. It's going to be a learning curve. Let me know who your biggest surprise will be then. Mm. My biggest surprise? Oh, it's easy. I am shooting in the dark for this one. I got my boy Yuki Sonoda. Beating Pierre. I have, I have him beating Pierre a couple times and people are going to be surprised with that. Yuki showed some great flashes last year, like that qualifying lap where he came third and then he had the engine penalty. Uh, that, that qualifying. He's shown some raw pace. He's shown some great instinct. Obviously, he has his Yuki moments where he loses his head a little bit and then he gets into accident or, you know, pulls his rear out and slides around. But I think Yuki will surprise some heads next year. I don't think he'll beat Pierre yet next year. I just think he'll surprise some people. I like that. I like that take. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's a guarantee, but I like Yuki. I think Yuki um, has some talent. I don't know if he'll ever be a world champion, but I definitely think he has some talent. Um, okay. There's, I, there's I obviously listen. a reason why Red Bull's so high on him. Agreed. Yeah, because you got to think I'm about it, right? Take. Think about this though. Before you you go to your next point, why did they just move Yuki with Albon? Yeah, they they that's just Red Bull prioritizing young talent because we know how young Yuki but is. So maybe t- that is a play Albon's for him to replay. Yeah, but Yuki's younger, and they obviously we know how they feel about Albon. They <laughs> relegated him into darkness. Um, maybe Yuki is the play to eventually replace Checo. Maybe, but my whole point is is that uh, I think Yuki's very talented. If he can take Albon's seat from him, and Albon, like you said, has had 38 entries and he scored a certain amount of points, and they don't reserve that AlphaTauri seat for him over Yuki Sonoda, definitely going to say that your boy uh, Yuki Sonoda 
got some talent. That's just my my thought process behind that. Yeah. Yuki's shown flashes. I'm I'm excited to watch him, especially this season, uh more mature, another year, you know, a year under your belt. He'll be good. Um listen, we haven't talked about it yet on the pod, but it's only right that the Mercedes Lewis Hamilton fan brings up uh, Mr. Jonathan Wheatley's radio to Michael Massey influencing. You've been waiting for this one, all pod. Word for word, <laughs> verbatim, what he said, he repeated to Toto. Um, this was ugly. This just made it, this I don't even uglier. know if it, got, it, it gets uglier, but that's bad. The fact now is that if you are Christian Horner still sitting in your little cocoon thinking that that was Mercedes fair, is desperate. <laughs> it's just garbage. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I mean, so obviously I was the first one to find this out out of us two. And I messaged you. I was like, did you see the, the, the new footage that's been out there? And you're like, no, I told you go look at it. And I was just like, this just makes me more angry. So, so Bruno angry. came out and said it made it. It makes it even more uncomfortable for the sport. Because the sport's already in an uncomfortable place because the whole the whole because like, everyone drunk. was like, oh, someone must like you know they had their little team meeting and they all decided together with the other like people in his room, but like no, no, he listened to what Red Bull said and then made a decision. Yeah, and let's let's call a spade a spade. We're already in an uncomfortable place with F one because it it it's bad for the integrity, right? So first off, he literally does word for word what he asks. Second <laughs> off. It's Jonathan Wheatley and Michael Massey. Now it makes you feel like there's a conspiracy. Third off, F1 TV came out and posted this on the Abu Dhabi video they made. It's like, what are you guys doing? You're supposed to hide this stuff. Listen, I gotta know. There's an episode where you talk about their PR PR department's doing crisis management. Did their PR department not communicate with the content team? They're clearly not doing that, bro. It's, It's actually crazy. I don't even know what to think of it anymore. But... You know, we're talking about the penalties of this investigation that's already dragging out way too long with Michael mm-hmm. Massey. But what happens to Jonathan Wheatley? Nothing. It's not his problem. I know it's not his problem, do. but that's just absolutely He gets a lifetime supply wild. of Red Bull, too. Wild. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you, what, what do you, what do you think you happens are, to Jonathan Wheatley? Like, <laughs> what do you mean what happens to Jonathan Wheatley? He got back to championship. I don't know. I was thinking, like, does, does, does Red Bull get a penalty or penalize? Why would they get no, a penalty? Like, they, That's they not don't. his fault. He, exactly. Bro, it's, he's getting a he, re- lifetime supply of Red Bull, watermelon, peach, whatever, sugar-free. He's getting he's an getting extra bonus. Come on, bro. Red Bull's giving him a promotion, bro. Red Bull should be thanking him and indebted to him for life. Yeah, just like they're indebted to Nicholas Latifi for life. It's actually crazy. If Latifi ever needs a contract, he better be a reserve driver for Red Bull. Yeah, you, uh, or at least a test driver, right? Two hundred k a year. Yeah, yeah I think th- I think they can make that. He's happen. He's got that loyalty. He's got that loyalty for life. I think now. they can make it happen. I mean, oh, listen, bro. How do you feel F1, about Latifi? Man. Two, a month, have, two months out. No how quorums. do you feel about Latifi? No quor- No, no quorums, Oh, I have no a lot hate. of quorums with him. I have a lot of hate towards him. Now, I don't send him any death threats. I don't send him any messages. You can check everything. I have never sent Latifi anything, but I do hate Latifi for that. And he's a goddamn Canadian from Toronto. You just made it very, very difficult for me and my conflicting interests. But hey, Latifi, I hope you do well this year. If you don't, I'll be the first one to judge you and your stupid ass racing for 15th in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, which was last. <laughs> Yeah, let me just erase Mick Schumacher for last place. 
Let me just not race with the, It's like, don't you guys know there's much more at play? Like, legacies are at play for you? Like, Max is first or Lewis? Oh, my God. I, don't, I can't okay, wait to on. hear Lewis speak on it. Like, for the... Because we still... He's never, never going to speak on it. He's never going to speak on it. He is. Eventually. No, Maybe not. it's like years down the line. But okay, but I when he's a driver, you're not it. getting it anytime soon. You're not getting it while he's a driver. Because you know that he's just going to say what garbage it was like you 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 know you're not getting it when he's a driver right it'll come after he wins eight you think so i don't think he'll it comes do like until he's whole, done with f1 yeah i think he, it comes yeah, in like yeah. 2000 2030 like when he's done with f1 and he does like an exclusive with like oprah you know like yeah, the yeah. megan margo yeah, yeah, yeah. when he does an exclusive like that he'll talk about it but i don't think it's coming for at least like five to ten years bro just makes me dislike red bull and Christian Horner and that entire team so much more. Why? They have nothing to do with that. Yeah, but they're just slime bags. Well, I mean, Christian Horner is a slime bag, and we can leave it at that. Christian Horner is a slime bag. Hey, I hope Red Bull Cars fails this year. I really do. I hope it's, I hope it's justice. Or I hope they're leading the championship at the end of the year, and it happens right back to them. It'd be beautiful. <laughs> It'd be, It'd be poetic, poetic justice. justice. And then he's going to be uh, going to the steward's office, and everybody's going to call him desperate. And then he's going to show up in his black turtleneck saying we are disillusioned. And, but no one's going to care because it's just uh, Christian Horner. Yeah. Well, next, next week we should have the final. Uh, this investigation should be done, I think. They said after the 14th. Yeah, this investigation's been boring. Can we just move on? I don't want to talk about Lewis Hamilton yeah. and Abu Dhabi anymore. Yeah, well, it is polarizing. Uh, polarizing i'm not blaming you i'm just saying like let, let's why are we still talking about it's it? gonna we're be in the history books the forever season. now because of this damn stupid we're two weeks away from testing yeah and we're still talking about it all right Absolutely it's like wild it's like fia let's clean this up please let's fire michael massey let's get two race directors in or three of them let's have a system on how we make these judgment calls and let's call it a day let's get lewis back in a car let's get george russell kicking his ass down bahrain straits let's let's, let's enjoy the 2022 season major facts let's get it man i can't wait we're so close we're not that close but we're close enough it's still until it's race weekend i'm not gonna feel like we're close your race weekend is gonna be sick first practice is gonna i don't be like ball rain by the way i don't like ball rain yeah it's like boring uh, track it's not it's not like at the top of my list but yeah there's a so lot of like, really good tracks that are gonna be here this year i'm excited to see australia singapore um what did you good, rate man. ball rain out of 10? I don't know. It's like average five. It's like a five, right? So it's like, yeah. I, I would have been much more happy if they started off the year in Australia with the new circuit. We'll see. And then we got yeah. Monaco. Oh. And typically they always, pretty boring. Typically they always boring. start in Australia. It's kind of weird that it's not starting. I'm Australia, telling you, bro. Fine. Remember how we talked about it? Paid for those money rights, bro. Actually, you know what? The first half of the year is not that, that bad. They have Bach. Bro, we got Miami, bro. We got Bahrain, Saudi, Australia, uh, Italy, and then Miami. Yeah, I'm not a fan of any of those tracks. Well, Miami's going to be cool first year track, man. Yeah, it's Miami. And you know, it's, it's Merca. And then... Uh, yeah, you talk about Miami like it is on par with Silverstone. Like, no, nah, I like Monza, Silverstone, Interlagos, all the tracks towards the back half of the year. Silverstone is middle tracks. is the first weekend of July, bro. It's yeah, it's so the middle good. of it. But that's what I'm saying. The first bit of the season to me, tracks are kind of snooze fest. Bro, we got Japan back on the schedule. Australia is the third race of the year, bro. 
Oh, okay. All right. So I'm excited. Third race of the year. Other than that, it's Australia Baku, and I don't think anything else interests me. We got Emola fourth, bro. Emola doesn't interest me. It's it's really only Australia and Baku that interest me at the beginning half of the year in terms of the actual tracks. Those You're are not a lot looking of fun. forward to that Montreal Grand Prix, eh? No, not at all. Shout out to our <laughs> listeners from Canada. Sorry, I'm not a fan of the Montreal Grand Prix. It is a quick circuit, though. It is a quick circuit. I watched a YouTube video on how uh, a guy tried to pit on every single lap, and they said uh, Montreal is the quickest pit lane and the quickest circuit. So shout out to Montreal. The best is when you got the end of the year, these three races in a row, USA, Mexico, Brazil. Those are three incredible races. I mean, Mexico's not that fun, but it's sick. That's why I look forward to Mexico. Because, you know, Max Verstappen just dominated on the track. But I don't know. Like, Cota's good. I don't expect America... Uh, um, Miami to be as good as Cota because Cota's had some time there. It's been like big. I think like Miami's going to feel a little bit like Monaco where the stars come out to play, but it's not that great of a track. Yeah. That's generally how I feel about Miami. But listen, Miami looks like it's a fast track. Hopefully it's not a boring circuit, but I don't feel like the first year is going to be hype. That's my thought process behind Miami. I'm excited for Miami, but I just don't think it'll be a good race. That's just my opinion on it. Yeah. The best race is obviously, in my opinion, is Interlagos. I love Interlagos. Interlagos oh, is yeah. sick. Gotta wait but, till November for that one, bro. Yeah, it's a long time. So that's why I'm not hyped for the beginning of the season in terms of tracks. I'm excited for us to race, but... November I, 13th. What track are you excited to see? Obviously, back. Silverstone, July 3rd. No, no. Oh, uh, like the, back? back? Are you more excited to see Australia, Japan, Singapore, Canada? What are you excited to see? I think um, out of the, the tracks that are back, everyone but Canada, like Singapore, Japan, and Australia are all going to be amazing. You got to pick one, bro. Singapore, bro. Night race. Uh, I'm in the excited streets. for Australia. Let's go. Australia's new track is going to be fast, bro. How they're moving the chicane, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't care to see um, Canada. Japan bores me because I hate the circuit. Like, I hate racing on it. Such slim, slim roads. I don't like Suzuka that much racing on it. So that's why I'm not a fan of it in, in real life. But, you know, other than that, I'm excited to see it. Everything that happens this year. And obviously, the return to. to the Netherlands is going to be cool because I want to see uh, Mercedes win. And Are you talking you know, about Zandvoort? Yeah. Is Zandvoort on the circuit this year? Yeah, bro. Oh, September I love 4th. Zandvoort. All those banks, Zandvoort. And then yeah. are they going straight from the... the from Belgium, Belgium and Netherlands are back-to-back. So they're going straight from Spa then to the Zandvoort. And then they have Spielberg and Austria before that. You got Austria, France, Hungary, and then Belgium, Netherlands. You know that Spa is going to be a bust. Oh, if it rains, I'll be so mad. There's going to be rain again. It's going to be a bust. It rains but pretty much every year, but all good. It is what it is. All right, that's it for us. You guys are probably sick of us rambling about our tracks and what we're excited for this year, but we are excited for you guys to join us for our journey 2022. Hopefully, we'll be at some live circuits so we'll get a chance to meet some fans, but if you can't do that, the best way to hit us up is on Instagram at Title League. We're putting out some cool reels. Hit up our YouTube channel. We got some cool reels and just hit us up in general, man. We'd love to hear it. And go everybody but Max Verstappen and Red Bull. (laughs) Yes, sir. We're getting closer. Shout out to everyone listening and plugging in. Make sure you tell a friend. We appreciate it. Peace.